0: just 24 hours away from Wrestlemania 36 starting on Saturday night we got a ton to cover lots of news and predictions for both nights of Wrestlemania Saturday and Sunday that is episode 52 of the Smart Marks of Wrestling podcast presented by thesports.com and on (laughs) anchor.fm righty, this show is going to be a fun one because we're going to do the WrestleMania 36 predictions on this show. We don't know the match order. We don't know the nights. We don't know what WWE is going to do. And we don't even know if WWE knows what they're going to do yet. <laughs> Brandon, anyway, to talk about some of these matches and what we think is going to happen on this card. And it's going to be very different. Brandon, how you doing?
1: Doing great. What's going on, man?
0: Oh, not much. Just, uh, it's fun, but busy. we got lots going on, lots of mm-hmm. articles, tons of stuff, revamping one of our websites. Just going through a whole bunch of stuff. And then, of course, SmackDown tonight, WrestleMania tomorrow, and WrestleMania on Sunday. It's first tomorrow. Time.
1: It's so crazy. I yeah. know.
0: And they're they're the whole big too big for one night thing makes it kind of fun because you know that your whole weekend is going to be WrestleMania related, which is cool. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, pretty cool. And we don't have a whole lot else going on other than, you know, working and stuff. So it's good that we've got the whole weekend to enjoy it. In fact, I've been enjoying it all week because there's been so many specials on the WWE Network. The greatest matches of Edge, greatest matches of WrestleMania. I mean, all of these things. And it's totally fun to watch. So mm-hmm. um, I've had my wrestling fill, which is great. And I don't have to sit through seven hours on one night to watch one pay-per-view, which is even better. Um, and it sounds like Triple H has said that this may be something WWE looks at going forward. That this could be this two-night thing if it works. Might be something they try again next year or the year after. And then, of course, there's all these rumors that maybe WWE is going to sell the rights to WrestleMania to you know, like Fox Sports or ESPN or whomever, because they already yeah. sold it for this year to Fight TV and Fox Sports, so they're going to air it, and it just sounds like things are changing. So, well, you never know. Maybe sometimes stuff How does that work, though?
1: Like, is it still shown on the network, but also shown on on Fox and Fight TV, or how does that work?
0: Yeah, that's what's happening this year. So they're still going to have it on the network, and Fight TV and Fox Sports, for people that don't have the network or don't want to buy the network, can get it that way. Why would you so not suppose-
1: just sign up for the network for a month?
0: I know. I, I suppose but. <laughs> The the alternative here is that if you know that WWE is not going to have this next year and you don't want to pay, you know, nine ninety nine, and... it's
1: free for the first time subscribers. I think I heard that. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's it's a strange thing, <laughs> and they're talking about the fact that they're going to use this to guide engage whether or not they should sell the rights and not air WrestleMania on the network next year, which doesn't really make sense to me because there's they so many fa- do that. Well, there's so many different factors going on here. One, this is a very odd time. Like this is, yeah. you know, this is a situation facing the world that we're never going to see again, and you can't really. Hopefully, you but yeah, and you can't gauge your numbers based on this. Like, no. all these guys going out there talking about declining ratings and all. I mean, get it out, get your finger out, your, you know what I mean? Like, use your head, because there's no way you can take anything that's happening right now and say this is the pattern. Like, there's just no way to guide what's really going on based on what's happening in the world right now. So why WWE would decide? To say, okay, well, this is what happened this year. This is probably what's going to happen next year. Well, let's sell the rights, and we'll take it off the network. And people will still keep the network, and they'll buy the pay-per-view. And I don't know how you could possibly tell that from this year. Two, this is going to be a very different WrestleMania than any WrestleMania in history because it's in an empty building. It's... You know, on two nights, like you just can't use these numbers to say this is how this is going to go next year. Mm -hmm. So why are you making big decisions like that? Right. They always say don't make huge decisions when you're emotional or going through major. Like this is huge. This is a very big change and you can't make a big decision based on this. So I just don't get it. But uh sounds like that's what they're doing. At least they're looking at it. But I do understand that maybe they'll see this and go, hey, that was kind of cool. Like this two night thing worked. Maybe we'll do that again next year or we'll put it in two different buildings. and We can make double the money. Like, I could see them doing that, right? Like, that might make mm-hmm. sense. Especially if they didn't have it this year. Go back to Tampa next year, and then do some other location next year, too. You have two buildings, two WrestleManias at the same time. We know they can do it. So yeah, we did it
1: before, right? Like, right, I mean, uh, they did the Raw reunion. Like three, I think,
0: also. Right. Well, the Raw 25-year reunion thing was out of two buildings in the same broadcast.
1: It's but hard. they had
0: a bunch of issues, didn't they?
1: With, like, the two arenas being, um, like, one arena. Like, the one that was in the... With, with JR and, and King, like the original set or whatever it was. Like yeah. that one had like people like basically like complaining so much that they had to get people from one set to the other set. But this is WrestleMania, and you have so many people here. Ideally, you've learned from those mistakes. And like you said, we know it's possible. So yeah, if I you mean, if take they the shortcomings
0: it, and learn from it. They yeah. did have a message, like WrestleMania 2, all the way back, I know well before. Was we, it true? Okay, I thought it was 3. A.m. Yeah, WrestleMania 2, they awesome. did it out of three buildings. and they Three said, buildings. <laughs> yeah, that was a nightmare. Um, and that they would never do that again. Now, that said, things have changed, and production is different. And that closed-caption pay-per-view, this is live. And
1: and, there's also more than 20
0: wrestlers in the company. Very different situation now. And 20
1: total employees as well. Like, it's it's, it's, it's
0: huge. And every time that you screw up, you learn, right? Like, when you do something the first time and it doesn't work, you know, okay, we're not doing that again. Mm -hmm. And then when you do your R reunion, you're like, okay, we're not doing that again. Like, it would be very easy to say, okay, Here's the one location we're going to have these guys show up here. So you're buying your tickets based on these guys coming here. And then we're going to have these guys come here. So you're buying your tickets based on these guys coming here. WrestleMania fans won't care because it's WrestleMania and they're going to go
1: Yeah.
0: regardless of who's on the card. Right. So it's just they want to go. People buy
1: their tickets way ahead of the time Right. They buy right. like six months. And they're like, traveling in from all
0: over the place to come yeah. and see whoever's at WrestleMania because part of it is the That's spectacle true. of WrestleMania. That's why everybody's so bitching and moaning this year. Is because they don't get the spectacle? There's no spectacle. Right. Well,
1: it's still going sm- it to be a spectacle, but it's just a spectacle a different way.
0: Well, from yeah, what you can have something
1: epic in different ways.
0: Yeah, and we'll talk about this in the matches. But from what I understand, they're doing some very cool things this year. Like, very Hollywood in a lot of cases. Very unique with all this pre-recording and editing that they've had all week to do. Like, they're going to do some really cool stuff. Hopefully it's not overdone, though, and not, like, Yeah, but ruined. you know what? I, I don't care, to be honest with you. Like, if it goes on the verge of, like, cheesy and campy and stuff, that's no cool. But, like, be different. Do something totally out of the box. You might surprise some people, you know what I mean? And that could be cool. So, And I, I
1: can't see myself complaining one way or the other. I think I said it last week as well. Like They have such a, a weird hand being dealt to them right now that they can do whatever, and, and you can't really complain too much because well, it, it's such a hard situation to deal with. So yeah. I mean, what do you want them to do? Like It's never going to be the perfect decision that everybody's on board with.
0: Yes, you can't please... all. I mean, I just wrote an article about Brock Lesnar. Maybe this rumor be that he was upset about having to go there and stuff. I'm not sure I buy the rumor, but, you know... I, Rod
1: Lyster is always reportedly upset. Yeah, well,
0: or not he, and he's, is, the, who knows? he's the one guy that wouldn't shy away from telling Vince where to stick it. You know what I mean? So he has
1: leverage.
0: Yeah. yeah, and he doesn't care, right? He's just like, whatever. I'm rich. Like it doesn't matter if this is a problem. Deal with it. I know you want me bad enough that you'll put up with this. And I don't know if that's any, any of it's true, but it goes to show you that not everybody's thinking the same way about this year's WrestleMania. Some people were happy to do it, and others were happy. That they had work, and then others were like, I don't want to be doing this. This is crazy. Like, this is stupid. And that was apparently where Brock Lesnar sat. So, anyway, let's maybe let's start there. Let's talk about Lesnar um, because that's one of the big main events on the card. He's going up against Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship. We're assuming, we don't know. We're not revealing any spoilers in these predictions, even though there are some spoilers to be revealed, but we're not going to do it. We're just going to make predictions based on what we think. Mm -hmm. And most people tend to think that Drew McIntyre is going to win here. Are you on that train, or are you thinking maybe because of the situation this year they're going to do something different?
1: I don't want to take into account the situation too much on the predictions because then you can go in any number of ways. I mean, the, the logical answer here is Drew McIntyre wins it, right? Like he, I've been saying this since he came back. The guy is the, the rightful face of the company. With he's, he's the full package, right? He's got everything. Why would you not want to make this guy your
0: superstar? And this well, is the way to do it. I get it. Yeah. But I am going to take the opposite approach to you. I am going to take into the situation into account here because I think it drastically changes things. Because now, of the
1: crowd reaction and stuff? Yeah.
0: And the moments and the build and all this other stuff. Like, do I think Drew McIntyre still walks away with the title? Probably. But the reason I think that is because I think WWE is going to go very heavy on the feel good moments this year because there's so much going on. And their public statement has been we felt an obligation to the fans. And a responsibility to put on a show in a time where people are having some really tough situations, and they're failed, they just need entertainment, and they need to feel good about it, and forget about this for a couple days. And I think WWE is going to take that to heart, and they're going to make a lot of these matches with the feel-good ending, you know, like a fairy tale ending. And Drew McIntyre yeah. is that guy on this card, like above all the other people in WrestleMania, he's that guy who's got the fairy tale story going on here. Yeah,
1: a guy who was the chosen one, you know, set to skyrocket at the top of the company. Kind of fizzled out a little bit, became a laughing stock of the company with Three NB, left or got fired. I, can't remember, I think he just left, right? Uh, no, well, he was. He, like was he was released. Yeah, he was released. Then he goes to TNA and like the Indies, like makes a name for himself, changes his look a little bit, gets jacked, comes back, and now he's fighting for the world title at WrestleMania after winning the Royal Rumble. Yeah, that's a pretty good Cinderella story.
0: Yeah, I mean every way they've they've put this story together. He's the guy, right? Yeah. Like the rest of the Royal Rumble story. Lesnar eliminated everybody until he faced Drew McIntyre, and then Drew McIntyre eliminated. You've got that BT sport promo that they did up in the you know the mountains of Scotland and stuff where he's training. It's like the Rocky Balboa feel going on with that promo. You've got the FCW special on the WW Network, which focused really heavily on Drew McIntyre and him being the champion and you know, his push and all that There's just so many things that they've done with Drew McIntyre in this build that really would have paid off in front of a huge crowd. I just don't see why you would change your mind. Like, the only thing that they could do is maybe extend this feud a little bit and go, okay, this isn't where we wanted this to happen. Maybe we go with some sort of a squash, no finish here, and we push this match so they can have that moment later. But I just don't, I don't see it happening. I think they've invested in it that they're going to do it. And even though Drew McIntyre is going to get screwed because there's no crowd to eat it up, It's going to be his WrestleMania moment. And there was an article about his dad in Scotland this week talking about he's going to probably cry his eyes out while he's watching. That just leads me to believe that McIntyre's winning this thing. Yeah, they're building it towards this. Yeah. So that, for me, I think this is a little match probably hasn't changed. Maybe how they set it up. But I think McIntyre was always the guy coming in, and I think they have big plans for him. And regardless of where WWE goes after this is all said and done, and what happens with these tapings, I think he's a key part of their future and their long-term success. Just see whether or not fans turn on them. Because <laughs> they tend to turn on everybody that WWE invests yeah. In.
1: yeah, Yeah, I mean, it's it's so weird because people that are so over-the-top popular, it could be like, you know, the, the snap of your fingers and they're immediately hated by everyone. Seth Rollins is the perfect example of that.
0: Well, yeah, that's a really good transition. Let's move into the next match because this is the guy that said that too. John Cena and The Fiend are going to be fighting for well, no championship, but just you know, the Fiend wants to respect coming back from his previous match with WrestleMania because he lost, and that was the you know, beginning of the pitfall of his personality. And John Cena wants to prove that you know, the Fiend shouldn't be where he is or whatever. He was on After the Bell with Corey Graves this week, the podcast, and he said specifically, it's the WWE fans' fault, and they're so segmented that there will never be another wrestling boom and never be another super mega star like a Steve Austin or Hulk Hogan or a Rock or him mm-hmm. because fans won't let it happen. That the second that, that WWE invests in somebody says, okay, this is our guy, fans are like, no, no, no. You can't tell me who I like. We're going to start to boo you. But it and doesn't
1: they, make any sense. Like, it's so weird that we have that. And by I say we, I mean we as fans. I don't have that mindset. Um, but just so many people will love someone until they hate them.
0: That's yeah, so well, it's weird. because it's the, the, cool, the cool thing to do is go uh, anti-establishment. You know what I mean? Like, WWE says, look, here's our guy. This is what we want to do. And now the fans are like, no, no, we are in control here, not you. And this is who we're going to... like. I You see it with Becky Lynch. You know, she's not necessarily being booed out of the building, but she is not anywhere near as hot as she used to be. Mm-hmm. She was the biggest star, maybe one of the next Austins in the female division. She was, arguably, for a time, the most popular thing in wrestling. Yeah, and on the entire she, planet. She's not even close anymore, right? Seth Rollins was that underground indie guy, like you said, that sort of fought his way through. He's exactly what fans wanted to be the guy. He became the guy and everyone turned on him.
1: It's oh, almost great. good that Daniel Bryan had to like retire for a bit before he could like fall off, you know, because like he was so he's the hottest thing we've ever seen since maybe Stone Cold.
0: I get and... the feeling, yeah. I get the feeling Brian's push would have lasted a little longer because the fans sort of put him there. And so they, they would have said, okay, well, we put you here, which means we're allowed to cheer for you. But I do agree. Eventually, at some point, he probably would. They would have turned on him too. But mm-hmm. he seems savvy enough to know, okay, well, I'm going to go heel first before you turn on me. Or I'm going to do this. Like, he just sort of controls his own fate. I mean, look who he's working with right now, right? Um, so, yeah. But I agree 100%. So, having said that, Cena has, you know, the rumors are that he's very much behind The Fiend and that they're having this Firefly Funhouse match, what will not be happening at the Performance Center, which is being filmed on in a close set, created to look like the Firefly Funhouse, and that they're going to go crazy Hollywood on this thing and that Wyatt had a ton of creativity involved here and Cena was totally behind it and actually pushed and pitched a bunch of Wyatt's ideas to WWE while they were doing this thing. So I am really looking forward to this one because I just... From everything I'm starting to hear roll through and some of the teasers I've seen from like Wyatt's tattoo artists and stuff like that, of all these images and whatever, this could be very different. Could be a total train wreck, but it could be very cool. Um, who are you picking on this one?
1: Uh, Wyatt. I mean, the fiend. It would, wouldn't make sense. If Cena wins, everyone's actually going to riot. The zero fans in attendance are going to be freaking. No, I mean, <laughs> it, it'll be weird. If you're going to ever have Cena win a mask like this, now would be the time because who's going to boo? But also, why would Cena win this match? He's there once a year if we're Lucky. He's already, like, he's crushed so many big pushes for people. Why would you have him stand in the way of of The Fiend? And also, this would be the second major feud lost in a row for The Fiend if if he loses it. So it doesn't make sense to me that he would lose it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that. If you're going to have The Fiend lose to Goldberg, you need to have him rebound pretty quickly. If John Cena is choosing Wyatt to work with, which maybe WWE said, here's the match we want you to do, and he's like, okay. Uh, but there was some talk that he got to pick whoever he wanted to work with, and that he's a huge fan of Wyatt, and that this was his idea. If that's the case, you got to think he's going to be able and willing to put him over. Um, and in the, in a match like this, where it's all it's really all leaning towards Wyatt having the advantage here, you would think you just don't. Yeah, I agree with you. And Cena's not sticking around, you know, especially with the pause and his movie career and all this other stuff that's going on. This is like a one-time deal, right? Um, so I just don't... I agree with you. I think Fiend is the winner here. How do you think this, this Firefly Funhouse looks? Do you think it's going to look cool, or do you think it's going to be like this really crazy, stupid-looking, cheesy set that they've just thrown together and said, oh, here, here's our Funhouse, like a cardboard box a kid might make when he's five?
1: I mean, I have no idea. I don't, I have no idea what to expect. I'm just hoping there's mirrors, like I said last week, because you can do so many things with that where it's like, as like, trying to find them, is lost. And you could do, like, Now You See Me, like, those movies. Um, mm-hmm, They did yeah. a really good job with, like, special effects and stuff for just, like, making magic real. And I think that would be a really cool way to do it.
0: Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see the fans' reactions after it's over and what social media does. while well, this good match is going on, if that's the route they take. Because you're going to know right away. You know, the second that the match starts, you're going to be like, wow, this is totally different. We didn't see this coming at all. And some fans are going to be on both sides of the fence here, right? They're going to hate it. Some are going to love it. And I, I'm predicting it'll be the moment that people talk about when this is all over. Um, that this is the match that either worked or didn't work. And that WWE should do a lot more or a lot less of this kind of thing. So um, that's the one. we. What we have heard about the order of the card here is that these gimmick matches, like the Firefly Funhouse and the Boneyard match, are going to be split up. So they're not going to be on the same night. So let's move over to the other one, which either will be on Saturday or Sunday, opposite of the first match. We just talked about the Boneyard match between AJ Styles and The Undertaker. What do you think of this match, and who do you think is going to take it?
1: Oh, this is an interesting one. Um, It's WrestleMania, so I almost always want Undertaker to win it, even though he has got, what, two losses now at this point. But I'm also, like, such a huge Styles fan. I don't know. AJ Styles is a heel, so you can... Both can afford to lose, right? Realistically, it doesn't really matter at this point, like I said, with The Undertaker, because... One, he's already lost multiple times. And two, he, uh, I mean, he's a part-timer. Like, even, like, actually, maybe more than Cena at this point. Like, he's probably there more than Cena, which is funny, (laughs) all things considered. But a guy like Styles can lose because we know how good he is. We know that he's legitimately the best wrestler of the last decade. Like, we said, there's no one even close, right? Uh, realistically, though, this is the perfect example of, like, Undertaker going into a match against someone and then beating that guy no matter how good they are. So Randy Orton, who was like you know lights out, Batista, who was like lights out, like on top of the world, they still lost to Undertaker. Like the, and that's just two examples of however many in the last twenty years. Uh, I think A.J. Styles can afford to lose the match, and having Undertaker win is always a good thing. So I think Undertaker wins.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I think it's the Undertaker on this one. I do not. Uh... AJ hey, Styles, to me, like you said, he's the Randy Orton, he's the Shawn Michaels, he's the CM Punk, he's the name that person who was popular, lost, didn't matter, because you expect them to lose, right? Yeah, now, even exactly. though the under, even though the Undertaker has now, his streak doesn't really mean anything anymore, um, you don't think he's going to lose this match going in. And having said that, so AJ uh, Styles can lose and it doesn't matter. Having said that, I think there's this whole unholy Trinity thing that the Undertaker has talked about in his promo on Raw. I think which that means, to his promos have been so good, man. Yeah, and I think it means something. I don't know what it means. I don't know if it means that somebody's coming, like Kane or Mankind or Abyss or whomever. I don't think it's going to go there, but I do think this unholy Trinity thing is maybe the three personalities of the Undertaker, and in this unique way of filming, whatever they're going to do, I'm going to assume we're going to see all three of these personalities. So maybe the Dead Man, the American Badass, could be Big Evil, could be the you know the Ministry Undertaker. Like, we don't know which we're going to see, but I get a sense we're going to see them, and that Broken we'll, Undertaker. Yeah, and because he's <laughs> working on this like hybrid, right? Like yeah. you can tell from what he's been doing on Raw lately and the way that he's, he's looked more in like from, Mark
1: Calloway than he yeah, is, like, he's yeah. He's like this
0: this mix, this mashup of all these personalities. And I think because Gallows and Anderson will probably be involved in this thing, he's going to need all three personalities to take those people out. And in the Hollywood way that they're going to probably shoot this match. They can do that, make it kind of the. I don't know if it's going to go full on like paranormal type stuff, like the Matt Hardy teleporting himself around the arena and the empty, or if they're just going to find a way to have all three show up. But I get the sense they're going to do that, and that's going to be what puts him over. So I'm picking The Undertaker on that one, too. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the other title match, um, the Universal title match, Goldberg slash Roman Reigns, who we now know is not Roman Reigns. And I don't even know how we do this one. If we can spoil who it's going to be, it would be nice if this was airing after SmackDown because we're going to find out tonight on SmackDown who's challenging Goldberg. I suppose we can say from everything we've heard it is Braun Strowman. He's going okay. in. He's fighting Goldberg. We now know for sure that Roman Reigns is not in the match because Triple H has admitted as much. Even Roman Reigns has said he pulled himself out of the match. So... They, we know he's not in it. What we assume and what we've heard is that Triple H study is going to be a very unique way on SmackDown tonight that, that Roman Reigns is being removed from this match. So we can look forward to that happening tonight. And then I'm assuming we can look forward to the replacement being named, which we assume is Braun Strowman. So if we assume that and it's Braun Strowman versus Goldberg, who are you picking?
1: Ooh, this is this is the one, right? This, this is the one where I have no idea. I want to say Braun Strowman. But I just don't know that they they feel confident in him, or for whatever reason. And I only say that because like they haven't, and it would really suck if they're going to give him the title and then like a few months later just take it off and give it to Reigns anyway. Uh, this was this would have been such a good way to give Reigns the title, and just get it over with. I and mean, people like people that boo are so ridiculous about this. But uh, and I mean I wasn't a huge Reigns fan. I didn't dislike the guy like they did but I understand why they didn't want him on top, but he's like the ultimate example of someone who just never, ever had a chance with the fans. And then he, he had like that brief window and they're like, Hey, we could easily give him the title and know because they word about it because he just came back from cancer and they didn't. And they've slow played him for it's like two years now. I don't know how long it's actually been, but it seems like it's been forever, which is great. And then this happens where it's like, well, now obviously he can't actually go or he shouldn't go. Um, so because of that, Braun Strowman, it seems like it's going to be such a temporary fix. I don't know the deal with Goldberg's contract. I don't know how that would work. So I'm going to say Braun Strowman. But again, this is the one I'm, I'm the least confident in.
0: Yeah. Yeah, this could be the match where things had to change because of what's going on. Like, I, I'm assuming that Goldberg was not going to stay after this. But now, with everything that's happened and the changes and range, maybe there was a very quick conversation with Goldberg and said, hey, dude, don't you can't go anywhere. You know, like this is one of those things now. We don't have Reigns. We didn't get the match we wanted to. We're not necessarily sold on Strowman, and they should be, but they aren't because of the way they've treated him in the last year. That maybe for the feel good idea of this WrestleMania, they'll give it to Strowman. This was, I, I agree, set up perfectly for Reigns because, and I don't know if WWE did this on purpose or not, but when Goldberg beat The Fiend, Goldberg oh immediately, <laughs> immediately became hated. Yeah, the lightning rod. As a byproduct of that, Roman Reigns was going to be cheered, right? Like people don't like Roman Reigns necessarily, or don't like the fact that he was shoved in their faces talking about this whole Cena mega superstar thing. Yeah, but he would have been cheered against Goldberg because people were pissed that Goldberg won, and Roman Reigns by default would have been cheered over Goldberg, so it would be a good chance to give him the title back. Now that might not have lasted because oh well, hey, the reality sits in that Reigns is now your champion again. But at the same time during the show. They would have cheered for Reitz. Like that's probably what would have happened. Now, having said that, people will absolutely cheer for Strowman. One, because it's not Goldberg. Two, because they think probably Strowman deserves it. Um which he
1: does, I think. I think Yeah, I mean he should so have had work. this a
0: long time ago. There was this, a point. This
1: actually is like two or three years overdue.
0: <laughs> yeah, there was a point where he was that hottest star. Like he was there was untouchable. He was so popular, so loved, and everything he it. did was gold. You mean even though they did stupid things with him, like playing a cello on the stage? I mean, he still got it over, right? Yeah. Like so, they were doing a ton of stuff with him, and he was making it work. And then all of a sudden, they just stopped. They had him lose to Reigns. They had him lose to whomever. Like he just started losing. And after that, it was kind of the writing's on the wall. And they never did anything with him after that. So this is great for him, but I like I, like you said, I don't think it is the long term plan. So he might get it and then lose it right away. Which maybe, at least maybe, he
1: got it though at that point.
0: He could probably lose it on Monday. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they've taped it already. So for all we know, he won it on Saturday or Sunday and he's going to lose it on Monday to give that shock and awe value of the money. Like, you never know. Like, this could be where it goes. Like Christian
1: when he beat Orton finally years ago. Like, yeah. And this isn't uh, going to
0: be uh, necessarily a feel good thing because I think WWE still thinks Goldberg is loved. Right. So, I don't think
1: he's hated. I think just having him. Well, one, it's a little overexposure now. It's like multiple times in the same year, which isn't good. Even once a year now, it's, it's almost too much for Goldberg. And it's it's weird to say that, but it just feels like it's too much. Like, him coming back the first time was cool. It was a spectacle. And now it's a little too much. Um, but, I mean, The Fiend was, like, he was lightning in a bottle, and you just let it go because you wanted an old-timer to win it, which is the classic WWE formula. So uh, yeah, that, that's I'm, why just, became... I'm just
0: wondering if his win over The Fiend has opened WWE's eyes to him and going, ooh, we thought he was untouchable. Everybody's going to cheer for him, and now they aren't. Mm-hmm. Maybe this isn't what we thought it was. So maybe no, that like should be untouchable. <laughs> right? You know, like, so I don't know. I'm I'm gonna stick. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I know. <laughs> that's I, exactly how I felt. <laughs> I'm gonna say Goldberg, even okay. though I th- I think I know better. I just get the feeling that this is the match where everything changed. Like all the plans they had, all whatever they wanted, I think it changed. And I just Lake don't try
1: and postpone to SummerSlam. Worst case, right? Yeah, like they could do that. That's only a few months down the line, assuming that does... like nothing else was canceled and whatever. But
0: all this feel good stuff, I get that whole thing, and I understand why they would want to do it. I just don't know if you can have every face win every title. It just doesn't, I can't see how you do that. So, yeah, you want feel good moments, but you can't like have every babyface win, can you? So, if Strowman's a babyface going into this thing, I just somebody's got to not get it. So, that's uh, that's my pick. I will stick with Goldberg retaining so they can do something later. But my, my yeah, my gut, that's my brain. My gut says Strowman's gonna win it. But yeah, this um, is the
1: toughest one. Like, there's no, we're, there's we're, no we're right assume, answer.
0: We're assuming that the reports of Strowman being in the match are accurate. Okay, so let's move on. Um, what I think might be, I I on two levels. Okay, I think the Firefly Funhouse match and the Bonnier match might be the most interesting to watch because they're gonna be so different. That said, the match I'm the most looking forward to in terms of just a match is Edge versus Randy Orton. Okay. I think this last man standing aspect of it—they're going to go all over the performance center. They're going to go crazy. I think Edge is really keen on putting on a good show. I, I could imagine is maybe Christian super is, reliable.
1: Yeah, Christian could be involved. That Phoenix could be involved to certain degrees because it's going to be such a a crazy like it's last man standing, right? So anything can happen. Like you said, I'm not sure how many people they would have liked to have had incorporated because of what's going on. But uh, we do have multi-person matches way, uh, outside of this match anyway. So it's not like they're afraid to put two, three, four, six
0: people in a match. Yeah. I, I don't even know if that's what they'll do. I just think it's going to be ugly. I just think it's going to be dirty and whatever. Like, just like, angry. You know What, what I civilization
1: mean? Like, Randy Orton should have been years ago?
0: Yeah, I think it's just going to be nasty. And yeah. I think it's going to be fun to watch. And they're going to use, like, Chamaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano on that NXT show where they Broke everything in the performance center. I think this times 10. Like, that's how I think this match is going to go. And eventually Edge going to get the win here.
1: Okay. Uh, Yeah, I also see Edge winning.
0: Yeah, I just... I have a feeling they're moving Edge on after this. um, That he'll go and maybe even face AJ Styles. That he's got maybe another program in the works with somebody else. He's got a lot of people he said he wants to work with. So I just don't see them prolonging this one out. I think it was the perfect match for WrestleMania. An excellent first feedback. But I think they want to move Edge on because there's a ton of dream matches and potential opponents he could have here. So why carry out the Edge and Randy Orton thing? I think this is a good match to end it all. I think Edge is going to get it because it's his first match back. Randy Orton, again, one of those guys that can lose and it doesn't really matter. And in this style of match, it's very easy to sell a loss if you just take a chair to the head or go through a window or whatever the case is, right? Like, Mm -hmm. there's a million ways you can lose here and not lose face. So... Edge is the pick for me. Okay, the match is
1: almost definitely ending with a concerto, right? Like, is that almost makes yeah? Or something.
0: Sense. just something, some big bump, some big thing that they'll produce the snot out of yeah. because they pre-recorded all of it and they'll edit the crap out of it and it'll look cool when they do it. So they'll they'll figure out a way. There's a lot of liberties they can take with this match because it isn't live, yeah. and that that could make it very cool. Yeah, uh, that's good for
1: Edge. It takes some of the, the pressure off of them.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna because if you put they, on a bad
1: match, you can redo it.
0: <laughs> like, yeah yeah well I, I, my guess is that these these matches were just shot you know what i mean like it's not like they went in and said okay do this move cut cut move yeah here. i don't think, so. do this move, I, don't think I, move I just cut. think these guys are professional enough to do what they're going to do that said if there's a big bump or a huge spot or something in these matches that they really really wanted to set like when corbin threw elias off the balcony they planned that like they said okay this is what we're going to do here make it look cool we'll cut down He's going to land on a mat, then we're going to put him back on the concrete. Like, they can do that, right? I think those types of things that they'll do in editing and post-production is possible. Having said that, I I could guess a match like Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins, where we'll go next, probably started and finished, and they never turned off the camera. Yeah. Right? Like, that's probably how this works. So, having said that, Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, I really like Seth Rollins' new character. I think the push here that they're giving him, although it's bummer news that AOP is going to be out for a while, and Murphy was sick, he wasn't at the show but I think Rollins gets the win here, I like the storyline of this building and the performance center and the history of it all I think a heel's got to win a match here eventually, I think Seth Rollins is the guy that maybe you're building towards something cool and big, so I'm going to take Seth Rollins over Kevin Owens
1: Um. Yeah, I think they're really trying to build something with this Seth Rollins thing, uh, and I think they should but it's also tough because like, Kevin Owens is pretty like I mean, he's he's quietly getting very popular again. Uh, he kind of like fades away sometimes, and like after big promos or big uh, big uh, programs, I should say, and then comes back and like immediately becomes a big star again because he's just that good. So maybe they want to give him the win. Which I know I just said the two possible outcomes. Uh, Owens okay. <laughs> or This Owens is what is we great. call
0: sitting on the fence. <laughs> it is. Uh, let's go Owens. I'm gonna go Owens. Yeah, I, I, I could go anyway. I think Kevin Owens isn't a bad pick. For me personally, I'm a huge fan of Kevin Owens, but I, not his fault, but I lost a lot of my excitement for him when he started doing the stunner.
1: I agree. I think, I think the first time was fine. Doing it every match is a whole different, or every I different just, segment. I just think there
0: are some moves that you cannot do and make them yours, right? The stunner is always going to be synonymous with Steve Austin. Yeah, And if you're going to try it as a... If you do it in a match, whatever. But if you try it as your finisher, that was Austin's finisher. Like, you just can't... Or at the pedigree with Triple H and Seth Rollins. Yeah, doing same, exactly. When they took the stomp away from Seth Rollins and made him do the... I thought that was the dumbest thing in the world. And I don't like that, that Owens does the stunner. Now, he's aware of it. He's like, half the fans are going to hate this and half the fans are going to be cool with it. And he's like, at least they're talking about me. I just think that it didn't help him. So... Does that mean any long-term whatever for him? Probably not. But I just think Rollins' new character, this Monday Night Messiah thing, is, is working. And I think they like that it's working, so I'm going to give him the win here. Okay, uh, just for sake of time, let's keep going. Uh, Intercontinental Championship match should be a very, very good match. Sami Zayn versus Daniel Bryan. Who you taking here?
1: Oh, that's a really good match, man. Uh, I hope Sami wins. But... No, I would say Sammy wins. I think think they have a a whole angle there. Oh, man. The issue is they have Drew Gulak with Brian and Cesaro and Shinsuke with uh, Sammy Zayn, so I could see it going either way, where it becomes a feud with Brian and Gulak for the title, where they try and, like, you know, it's like a friendly sportsman kind of deal that maybe turns sour, or Zayn, Cesaro, and Nakamura, which we talked about forever ago, where this could really set up... This is before he even won the title. How this could set up, like, a three-way feud of, like, well, no, it's my title, it's my title, even though... They don't really have that yet, so I guess that's not even an option. I'll say Daniel Bryan wins it, even though I think Sami should retain it.
0: Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head here. I think the outcome of this match depends on what they're planning on doing next. So when it comes to Daniel Bryan, are you building towards Daniel Bryan and Drew Gulak, maybe being the tag champions at some point? Are you adding Chad Gable to that stable? Sounds like he wants to be part of it. are Are you running with this, or are you immediately flipping it, and Gulak versus Bryan is your feud? If that's the case, Gulak's going to cost Brian the win. Now, if you're building towards something where maybe Sami Zayn takes advantage of Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura and there's some frustration, that's going to take a long time. That's a, a build that goes slowly. you got to ease into it. You can't just make it quick. So Sami Zayn's got to hold on to the title if that's what your plan is. So whatever you're planning on doing after this match will dictate what happens in this match. I'm going to lean towards, I think that the original plan was probably that Brian and Gulak would fight with each other. And they would turn on him. But I think maybe WWE's realized that, holy, this is popular. right? Mm-hmm. This is actually something fans really like. And maybe we need to stretch this out a little bit. So for that reason, I'm going to say that both sides stay on their sides. So I'm going to say Drew Gulak and Daniel Bryan remain friends after all this. I think Sami Zayn, Cesaro, and Shinsuke Nakamura stay a group after all this. So it wouldn't shock me if Daniel Bryan wins here. Um, so I'm going to pick Daniel Bryan to win here having Gulak and Danny Bryan sell the idea that Gulak's teaching help Danny Bryan win the title and that, you know, this works. And maybe somebody else joins and says, holy crap, look at the success Danny Bryan just had under Drew Gulak. I want to join. So Chad Gable comes in there. So that's, I'm going to say Danny Bryan gets the title and they build off this wisdom from Drew Gulak and how his teachings lead to you winning a title. That's, okay. that's my prediction. Um, it's a stretch, I know. No, it's fun, it, though. Yeah, but it could be... It's a logical storyline, right? So that's going to be my, so. my pick. Well, too. that's uh, the issue.
1: If it's too logical, that doesn't make any sense with this company sometimes. Yeah,
0: WWE won't do it, right? Like, <laughs> hey, that's just... That makes too much sense. Not a good idea. Okay.
1: Um, well, you rapid think, Fire once?
0: Yeah, okay. So the other singles matches for the guys, which I think are going to be all on the, maybe the preview shows of stuff, Aleister Black versus Bobby Lashley. For me, there's a no-brainer here. It's Aleister Black. Agreed. Elias versus King Corbin. For me... I think it's King Corbin, even though they would probably pick logically Elias. I just think they like Corbin. He's a good heel. He needs a win. I think this Elias stuff is old and tired already. I don't like it. I'm going to agree. Corbin.
1: Yeah, I would say King Corbin as well, even though I really don't care about that match.
0: Otis and Dolph Ziggler, 100% it's Otis. It's got to be Otis. 100%. Yeah. 100%.
1: I've also seen too many Dolph Ziggler matches in my life to know that there's no way he wins this match. Yeah, Just because you're such a fan, right? Okay, I guess to hang on. I guess I've got to go. Dolph Ziggler just for like appearances, though. Dolph Ziggler.
0: No, all right. Okay. <laughs> so that's that covers all the guys' single matches. Let's go to the world. Um, the women's main matches: Becky Lynch, Shayna Baszler. I have been saying Shayna Baszler. I'm going to stick with Shayna Baszler. Yeah, I think she wins the title.
1: I agree, and she's they, she's also like potentially the next Becky Lynch as far as popularity goes.
0: I think WWE has some concern about that, though. I think there there's they thought that was the case. The Elimination Chamber suggests that's the case, but I have a feeling they're not 100% sold on it yet, so they're going to watch this one very closely. Um, that said, I think Baszler still gets the win. Okay, Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair. That's NXT my NXT. match of the
1: weekend. I am so excited for that match. Rhea Ripley wins.
0: Yeah. Um, although, I could see Charlotte Flair stealing from her, right? And the idea of a WWE superstar on SmackDown winning the NXT title and not being in NXT, there's a storyline there, right? I so agree, I'm sure. I'm going to pick Charlotte just because of that, and that people are going to be very pissed if Rhea Ripley loses it, and they're going to want to watch her chase to get it back. Right? So that's why I'm picking Charlotte, but I could see Ripley winning. She's popular. Okay. You picked Ripley there, right? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. For sure. And a question uh, in my mind for that one. SmackDown Women's Championship, Fatal Five Way, which was a six pack, now Five Way. Bailey, Sasha Banks, Lacey Evans, Tamina, and Naomi. I'm going Lacey to suggest. Evans. Maybe I want
1: it to be Sasha Banks. Personally.
0: It all depends on what they do here. Like, are they yeah. building? Are they teasing the idea of these two having some friction, or are they going all in with it? Right, like is Sasha Banks and Bailey going to fight with each other during this match, and Sasha Banks and one of them turns, or are they just teasing the friction? Sasha Banks accidentally costs Bailey the title, and if you do, I, I'm with you. I think it's Lacey Evans.
1: Well, I think that's that's the issue, right? Are they going to try and push Lacey to the moon? Is Bailey going to continue on top for now? Is Sasha going to get her push? I don't think Naomi and Tamina have any like chance of winning this match, just based off of like future storylines in, in the immediate yeah. future. I should say, uh, down the line, who knows? But right now, I think it's between these three. Like it's a three-headed horse here. Um, I'm not sure which head's going to finish ahead. No plan intended.
0: I, my pick is one of two things is going to happen here. Either Bailey retains and it's going to be very close. She almost doesn't, and it might be Sasha Banks's fault. And then there's going to be some friction there as to like, holy crap, you almost cost me my title, or Sasha Banks wins it, but it isn't obvious that she turned on Bailey, right? And so they're going to mm-hmm. stay friends, but Bailey's going to wonder in the back of her mind if Sasha Banks did it on purpose.
1: Yeah, just kind of like thread the needle a bit, like start right? like finding the. Seed. How come?
0: How come you have this? Like something's fishy, right? Like what happened here? But I think Bailey, because she is—I don't know if she is now or was or going to be—the longest reigning SmackDown Women's Champion. I think there's something to that, so maybe they have her hold on to it until she officially breaks that record if she hasn't already. But I, I think you're teasing, you're you're prolonging this feud. However they do it, whether Sasha Banks wins the title and Bailey's a little jealous of that, or Bailey hangs on and she thinks Sasha almost cost it and isn't sure she can trust her. So I'm going to take Bailey to retain, and I think there's going to be some friction there that she's like maybe Sasha isn't my friend,
1: mm. and
0: I'm going to have to fight this lady later, right? So yeah, I'm going to go. Uh-huh. I'm going to go Lacey or Sasha with Sasha being my, my preferred pick. Okay. Uh, the tag matches. The Miz and John Morrison versus The Usos versus The New Day. From what what match. Yeah. Well, here's the deal. It doesn't happen. Um, huh. From what we understand, The Miz showed up sick. Yeah. Was pulled from WrestleMania. And it looks like it's now going to be one of The Usos, one of The New Day versus John Morrison in a triple threat ladder match. And that's what's going to happen here on SmackDown tonight. So that said, if it's Morrison versus one of the Usos and one of New Day, don't know who, I'm still going to go Morrison. I'm going to go Morrison, too. I just think that they found gold again by reuniting Miz and Morrison, yeah. and they like it, and they're going to keep those guys with the title. Mm-hmm. And the latter matches a million ways they can sneak out a win. I agree. Okay. Street Profits versus Austin Theory and Angel Garza. Had it been Andrade and Angel Garza... I would have picked them to win. Because it's Austin Theory and Angel Garza now, I'm going to go Street Profits. I'm also
1: going Street Profits.
0: Okay. Kabuki. It's really
1: good. We went rapid fire on these last ones that apparently we had the exact same opinion on for the most part. Not bad. <laughs> we had a, Kabuki we, we, Warriors, had a good
0: Alexa Bliss, and Nikki Cross. Kabuki Warriors. I'll let you go first. I'm going to go Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Really? Yeah. I just I don't know where Kari Sane has been. <laughs> I, I don't know if that means anything, but Asuka's been very, very heavily pushed. I think maybe they see her as a single star again. And, I've been
1: thinking that as well.
0: Yeah, and I think they like Bliss and Cross, and it'd be a feel-good moment if they win it. Even okay. though I think people like Asuka and Kariacine. I just don't know why scene hasn't been around. If it's her choice to not be there, or WWE has said, yeah, we're really into Asuka, not so much you, or if whatever, but I just think people feel good if Bliss and Cross win it, and Asuka's moving on to bigger and better things. Okay. Yep. What are we missing? Is that all of them? Uh, let me Is do a quick that, look through. Uh, yeah, that looks sure like that was it. All. Nice. There you go. There. So, yeah, I don't know which matches are going to happen when. I don't know who's going to do what. But it took us 41 minutes to cover the entire card. Um, do you have time to stick around for any news and rumors? Or do I got to let you get back to what you were doing?
1: I've got to get back to work, yeah.
0: Okay. I will cover that, and we'll go through the news and rumors coming up next uh, but thank you guys. We appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed the prediction show. Thank you, Brandon, for taking some time out to do that with me. And Absolutely. we will talk to you again immediately after WrestleMania. We're gonna go through on Saturday and Sunday night, we're gonna go through the talking WrestleMania breakdown of all the matches. We'll do it live after the pay-per-view, and then we'll have another podcast talking about the results, talking about the post-WrestleMania Monday, and then going from there. Cool. Thanks, bud. All right, take care, man. Take care. <laughs> Alright, look, we said we would do when we talked to Brandon. We're going to cover some news before we let you go for the week. Uh, There's a ton going on here leading into WrestleMania. Now, we broke down the card, so we don't necessarily do that. But what we can do is talk about some of the uh, stories that we're reporting here on thesportster.com and wrestling write-ups, all that fun stuff. Uh, Here's one that we don't know to be true. We hear it's a rumor. We're not real sure that Brock Lesnar apparently got upset with Vince McMahon during the tapings because, one, he wasn't happy that they had to be there at all. He wasn't a big fan of the fact that WWE decided to continue with the show to not postpone WrestleMania 36 and to bring everybody in to do that. Now, WWE has said very vocally that anybody that didn't want to be part of the show did not have to attend. They wouldn't have any punishments or consequences for not doing so. So Brock Lesnar could have been in that group. He didn't have to come, even though his his match is very important and the WWE title is on the line. He came, he was at the tapings, he did the match. We all know that to be the case, but apparently he was already a little miffed about that. And then when he found out that the order of the tapings, so that he couldn't go home did not include him going first, he was kind of miffed about that too. This is the story. Now, I don't know that it's true. There's been a lot of really positive things said about Brock Lesnar lately, from him buying a bunch of drinks at the bar during... You know, shut down at the Super Showdown to him helping Drew McIntyre make sure that he gets that spot holding the belt when he triple Claiborne kicked him. I mean, all sorts of good stuff here, but we also know that Brock Lesnar is not the guy to shy away from having an issue with Vince McMahon to telling Vince McMahon what he thinks. He's pretty much the only guy in the company that could talk to Vince the way that he sometimes will do. And if he wasn't really happy about being there, if his match couldn't go on first and he couldn't leave as soon as he was done... Yeah, I could see how maybe he might be a little upset about that. But the story goes that he walked into a production meeting, he sort of lost it on Vince, he swore on it a bunch of times, told him where he could stick his pay-per-view, all that. I just don't know. I, I don't know that I buy it, necessarily. But at the same time, that is a story that is circulating out there. We'll take the source of this as Slice Wrestling with a grain of salt. They're not always 100% on some of these stories. So, we'll see. But that is one of the stories going out there. Uh, obviously, Chris Jericho is also in the news today. He talked about in an interview, whether or not he thinks WWE will ever mention his name again because he's kind of leading their opposition. Would that mean he's not going to be in the WWE Hall of Fame? Sounds like he doesn't care, but he's not surprised that WWE's not talking about him, that they won't mention his name, that they won't bring him up, that he probably never be back. And he did say, and so did Jim Ross, and so did Taz, and so did a bunch of other people who have talked publicly, that they love working for Tony Khan and AEW so much That they don't ever see themselves going back to WWE. That this is just a company that is absolutely spewing with positive vibes. And everybody wants to be there that's there. And they're really loving it. All that other stuff. So Jericho says he may never go back. And that's an interesting story here. Another uh, news report. WWE, none of their wrestlers have tested positive for the COVID-19 virus. That is great news. Guys like Rey Mysterio... Uh, the Miz, Murphy, Dana Brooke, all these people who were potentially ill and not feeling very well that weren't part of the, the crew and did not film are not having tested positive. Now, we don't know if any of those people have actually tested or all those people have tested. We don't know how many WWE superstars have tested. We know that they have said that if you didn't have any symptoms, if you didn't have a fever, if you did that you weren't being tested. But that said, there's probably a handful of stars that were tested, and nobody's turned up to have the virus yet, which is great. That's really good news, especially for a guy like Roman Reigns, who was concerned about being around somebody who was a little sick. If The Miz doesn't have it, then obviously he probably doesn't have it. Um, So it was good that he pulled out at the time that he did. So that's awesome. Um, WWE and WrestleMania, are they selling the rights to the pay-per-view? Maybe. They've already sold Fox Sports, Fight TV for this year. There's talk that maybe they'll do it next year. ESPN might be interested. They just worked out a deal to air some WrestleMania's during this period of pause that everybody's trying to watch TV and figure out what's going on, there may be talk that WrestleMania is going to be moving off the network at that. This year, Dave Meltzer reports, this year is the last year that you'll be able to get WrestleMania on the WWE network. If true, that'll be very interesting to see how fans react to that one because that's a big draw to the WWE network that you can get WrestleMania as part of your 999 subscription. And as Brandon alluded to earlier, a lot of people sign up new emails for free just to get the pay-per-view and not have to pay for it. So, We'll see how that goes and if WWE is really going to do that or not. That's some of the news. In other news today, uh, Roman Reigns has kind of talked about what happened. He came out and did a video, why he wasn't at WrestleMania, why he pulled out. WWE sort of letting him take the heat for that, which isn't really all that cool. Uh, They did say that if you don't want to be there, you don't have to be there. But it is one of those things where they really should be publicly backing him and his decision not to be there, especially considering his condition that he's immunocompromised, that he shouldn't be there probably. They really should be going bad for him instead of him having to come out on video and say, this is why I did it. Don't judge me for this. Don't call me a sissy. Don't call... Like, he didn't do the wrong thing here. He did absolutely the right thing here, and WWE should be 100% behind him. They shouldn't be requiring that he's coming out and making these videos, but it is what it is. There's talk that Ronda Rousey might come back to WWE, that she's working on an extension with the company, possibly another three-year deal. I'm not really sure how this works she wrestled for a little while then she took off for a little while and based on a lot of contracts that would extend her period of time with WWE if she took all this time off so i assume that's how that would work so i don't know why she would necessarily need a new 3-year contract at this point but it sounds like she's talking about coming back talking about a new deal with WWE and them trying to work out something long-term with her to do that and there's some news that Rob Gronkowski's role at WrestleMania 36 is very involved not that he just hosted the show but that he got very involved with a lot of really cool stuff Probably getting physical in a lot of cases. We're going to assume that that maybe means King Corbin. He did have a little storyline with him on SmackDown. So we'll see where that goes. But he is hosting both nights of WrestleMania. And it sounds like he got quite involved. And that uh, Triple H is saying there's a lot of very cool stuff going on with WrestleMania this year. And in our final piece of news, Florida has extended the stay-at-home mandate. So it doesn't look, unless WWE has specific permission to continue to film at their performance center, that this is a shoe-in that WWE is going to keep rolling here starting April 9th. They've basically said, if there's not essential services here, you're not to get together, which could pose a problem for WWE filming future Raw, SmackDown, NXT out of that building. We already know that AEW has moved their tapings twice. They went from Jacksonville to Georgia and then They probably move it again because Georgia officials are really all over them about doing the show there. So we'll see what happens with WWE. But that's going to cover most of the news here this week. Uh, We're extremely looking forward to WrestleMania. We hope that you are too, and we appreciate you tuning in. Don't forget download the show, subscribe to it, rate it on iTunes, uh, give us your feedback, watch WrestleMania, then join us. We're probably not going to have a show next week, but we'll probably have one after that. So. We'll keep you posted on when another episode is coming out. We appreciate you tuning in, and thank you again. Enjoy WrestleMania from Jim Parsons and thesportster.com. This has been another edition of the Smart Marks Wrestling Podcast on Anchor.fm. We'll talk to you soon.